A very warm welcome to every single jewel, every single listener hearing my voice this afternoon on the live feed from the Ravonia Studios at cliffcentral.com. Just before I introduce my special guest, this is Professor David Block. You can reach me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Starry Galaxy Man. Well, not difficult to remember. At Starry Galaxy Man. One word, and you'll reach me on my live Twitter feed. Of course, to reach us here in studio, the Twitter handle is at cliffcentral.com. WeChat, which is very popular amongst our listeners, is Cliff Central. On Facebook, you can reach us at Cliff Central. On Instagram, at Cliff Central. And here is the magic number. Please feel free to dial this number at any time to tickle my brain or that of my special guest today. Zero eight six one triple five one eight nine zero eight six one triple five one eight nine. You are listening to Professor David Block, and as you and I traverse the paths of this life, the journey on the pale blue dot, our planet Earth, I believe that many of our listeners have dreams, but they also want to have some heroic figures that they can look up to, people filled with a sense of integrity, people filled with a sense of dignity, people filled with a sense of purpose, and the list is indeed endless. And I will be introducing my very special guest this afternoon, who is uh, Gary Rivas. Gary, a very, very warm welcome to you here in our Ravonia studios. Thank you, David. It's great being here with you. It's awesome. And just to set uh, the uh, little bit of background, Gary and I are indeed good friends. And uh, Gary and I have met several different uh, locales, including a very special uh, congregation, um, Grace Point, uh, just down the road from here, in fact, not too far. And Gary Rivas is the uh, lead pastor at uh, Grace Point and uh, ably assisted by his um, other half, uh, Jackie Rivas. And today I preempted the uh, conversation by mentioning that each one of us have got people, mentors, people we look up to. And one of those, of course, globally around the world was that of Nelson Mandela. Now, there's a very interesting connection between uh, Nelson Mandela and our special guest today, Gary Rivas. And that is, I happened to be on Twitter, and I was busy tweeting. I think it's very interesting to think that a professor of applied maths can actually do a little bit of tweeting, Gary. It's amazing. <laughs> a miracle indeed. It's just so, it's, it's so awesome, as my twins would say, Gary. And so I was tweeting Gary, and uh, I follow Gary Rivas. Um, he'll give us his Twitter handle in a moment, but he's always got such interesting tweets and feeds and so forth. And the one day I saw something and it says, I'm off to attend a special funeral. And I thought, wow. Now I'm not going to preempt this anymore. Gary, why, why, 
just lead us through the incredible set of miracles, uh, beginning right with the invitations uh, and to this incredible funeral. Why don't you just begin at the, uh, start us off right at the beginning and take us through one of the most incredible miracles I've heard of recently. Thanks, David. Um, just, uh, it's great being with you on the show today. And again, thank you for the invitation. It's a great pleasure. It. I appreciate your friendship. Um, well, uh, people may or may not know, but uh, Nelson Mandela was, uh, was, uh, was uh, shaped by Methodism, um, and was part of the, part of the Methodist church yes. in his early years. And, yes. um, and so, uh, at his passing, um, the Methodist church got very involved. Uh, I led a, a tribute service, uh, to him at the, at the Branson Methodist church. Yes. Uh, after he had passed away. And obviously our, um, senior clergy that were involved with him, with him and with the family and, um, and, and so we're very involved in, in part of the, the mourning process and the, and the caring even in the, in his last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then just, uh, you know, it was sort of pretty much that I'm just a local pastor of a church and that, mm-hmm. and, um, and the one day I was in, I was in my office and that in, in December and that, and someone, one thing that drives me crazy, Dave, is, is phones ringing off the hook and that. So we've got mm-hmm. this thing in our offices, in the church offices saying, listen, if the phone rings and it's not yours, it doesn't really matter. Just answer the thing, whatever <laughs> you do. Cause, yes. uh, um, you know, and the phone was ringing off the hook and that, and, uh, someone, in, in fact, one of our sound engineers answered the phone. Hmm. And um, I didn't know any of this. I was busy in meetings. And then just before I was about to leave at five, uh, I got a knock on the door. And he popped his head in. Malou popped his head into my uh, office and said, listen, here, Gary, someone from the president's office has phoned hmm. and they wanted to speak to you. Hmm. Um, and I said, well, hmm. do you have a number? Do you hmm. have anything? So he said, no, he had nothing. <laughs> um, so um, I re- wow. immediately regretted wow. asking anyone to answer the oh. phone. We're just sticking to uh, – anyway, so um, <laughs> so uh, it was something about me going to – having been invited to go to um, Nelson Mandela. His funeral. That and is awesome. I know it was just it, it was just awesome. absolutely mind blowing. Mm. Uh, but the background to it is that what happened is that quite a few people. Um, what happened was this is that you were on a list. So either you're on the obviously the NEC list or the, the A list or the B list. Yeah, on the whole lot of lists yes. and this list and yes. that list and all the rest of it. Yes. And each person in the office of the presidency was given a um, a list of people to phone depending what list you're on the uh, Council of Churches or the Communist I Party see. or the or whatever it may yes. have been. You know. Yes. Um, and so. Uh, it was just as you could imagine. I mean, it was just absolutely chaos. Uh, but the office of the office of the presidency were amazing in how to how they handled this. I mean, I don't think we realized the um, the the operational, um, you know, uh, just to get the thing mm-hmm. off the ground and mm-hmm. to make it happen was just incredible. Mm-hmm. So um, so days followed uh, that no one had any idea. Uh, my name was down on uh, to be to be flown down on one of the airplanes, but uh, I needed a, a special invita- I needed the invitation itself. I needed mm-hmm. a special pass. I needed security clearance. There were passes at each That's exactly right. Because you had to go, there was a, there's a security clearance right. and all the rest of it. Right. Anyway, days and days and days, you know, well, two, three days passed in that. And eventually, um, I'd pretty much given up on the thing. I thought, well, maybe it was just a mistake, but we couldn't find out. And unless, Who found? Yeah. And unless, unless I knew what list I was mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. I wasn't going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found anyone and everyone that I knew that maybe had a contact somewhere, whatever the case may be, mm. and uh, nothing. Then at the very, very last minute, I was told, uh, this is literally the day before the funeral, go to, um, uh, go to, to, to Soweto, um, uh, to, um, to Nazrek, and there's mm. offices there and you need to go there. Anyway, so eventually I went to Nazrek, uh, and I went in and there was a, I tell you, machinery going on there of, of people being, uh, you know, things printed and tags given and security checks and that. Mm. And I went along there and, uh, 
and said, look, uh, you know, apparently I've been invited to the funeral. I've got no idea what apparently I was supposed to be on a list. Well, I tell you, David, I went through lists and lists, and people were going through lists, and obviously my name was nowhere uh, to be found in that on any list, on a, not on a church list, not on a anyway. So um, eventually I was about to leave, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought, well, that's it, you know. And uh, on my way out, and that I got a tap on the shoulder and the lady said look there is one more list i said look hmm. you know i'll have a look through the list if you like um and she said no 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 this is you know the family's list and that you know and hmm. my name was on the list on the family on the family list, list yeah that's an invitation so david was probably the i, I don't know just uh, you know words words just fail me to be part i mean just announcement uh, is such a legacy hmm. of him obviously hmm. and uh, just to, just to be part of that I, I sometimes find it hard to even imagine hmm. um you know just you know that it was that it was a possibility hmm. for me to go and that i was invited to be part of it so it was an incredible humbling experience um i um, so we flew down uh, on the plane landed in east london uh, so you I'd landed in east london if i recall it was in the wee hours of the morning yeah, or you, because there was there were many hours, weren't yeah. there, from where you landed Correct. to Kunu? Yeah, no, it was, it was crazy because basically what happened is that we got we, so after all the security uh, clearance and, and all the rest that I got given my my accreditation and that, and then uh, left the next day to fly down to East London and arrived top. There's obviously top security. We were stuffed to a room and that. And then uh, at midnight that night, we mm. meet back at the airport mm. again to take the trip mm. by bus uh, mm. to Kunu, mm. and um, let, got back to the to the airport at midnight that night. Um, got on the bus, did the three three or four hours drive um, through, and just arriving um, there was was again just completely surreal. Mm. Just. Um, mm. And uh, it felt that it was, um, you know, that you, that I was in a dream, mm. you know, um, and just mm. so incre- incredibly privileged and humbled mm. um, to be there. Mm. Um, and considering um, the events running up to it, and that, so uh, you know, it was so crazy running around trying to understand where the invitation came from, how I came to be it's part amazing. of it, and, and all yes. the rest of it. And then to eventually, next minute, sort of be landing in East mm. London, and then on the bus and that. Um, and just the sense of of uh, of uh, just the, the thing that amazed me is that is that everyone, no matter who you were. Uh, understood that sort of next to the greatest of Nelson Mandela, everyone else was sort of equal on us on the same level. Wonderful. So I was a I was in a short uh, arm's length away from Prince Charles, uh, and mm-hmm. he was sort of mingling with everyone and, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. Jerry Ad- Adams and mm-hmm. uh, and others and that that were there. Awesome. Everyone sort of mm-hmm. mingling, understanding the greatness of the moment to pay honour mm-hmm. uh, to Tata was mm-hmm. just uh, and just to be part of that was something mm-hmm. that'll mm-hmm. sort of be my memory. And I, and I actually I've, you know I find myself sometimes. Uh, going through um, just the events and that from that phone call mm. um, to actually getting there uh, and being part of the of the service and that and being part of just that whole day was just incredible. And then after the funeral, we had uh, there was some eats and that, and then uh, drove uh, back to East London with the bus, mm. uh, back on the aeroplane, and and back, I got back home at midnight the next night. I'm sure, Gary, that as you were sitting there, and for example, uh, Ahmed Kathrada got up to speak and so forth, you must have been so moved as to the fact that the human spirit uh, knows no limits. In other words, you were honoring a man whose spirit soared, whose spirit knew no 
earthly limits. Is that true? Yeah, I, there's no doubt about it. it, it it's just that the, the effect that, that he had on people, irrespective of who, what your standing was in life and mm. who you were, mm. was just in, incredible. Mm. And, you, and, and I tell you something, you, you hear stories, you know, and obviously there's uh, anecdotes and stories of, of the type of man that he was and always will be in people's minds and hearts mm. and that. But you actually see it being played out by the amount of, by the people at the funeral. Staggering. And the way they were interacting with each other and the mm. way they were, um, it, it, it was a beautiful thing. And so it was, it, it transcended him, um, you know, even his death. You know, the, his spirit mm. and that mm. there was a sense of wanting to carry on that, with that uh, understanding of people's humanity. Mm. But it was a and what thing. was the buzz like for those of us who weren't there at the funeral? Yeah. Was it one of just, you know, interacting, networking about, say, memories going back to Robben Island? Or was it just something far more deeper? Did it really go into your heart? What were people feeling yeah. at the funeral? So I, I think initially that there were, it was almost disbelief. Um, even, even although there was this preparation, um, of his passing mm. and people, or even although he had obviously, my understanding, uh, he had been, um, you know, was, was, uh, less involved in public mm-hmm. in the public eye and all the rest of it. And we knew that he was sick and that. But when that phone call came through that he had died mm. and, and it came through on the news and that, uh, I think that it's no matter how much I, and I find this in my work, no matter how much you prepare for someone's passing mm. when they die, mm-hmm. uh, it, it is still incredibly obviously a painful. So originally uh, disbelief, you know, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. even Interesting. It, I almost had the sense that of people walking there, sometimes almost in the beginning walk around in a bit of a daze that this is, mm. this is not a, this is, mm. this is not real. Exactly. And this mm. is this is not reality. Mm. So it went from that um, to moments of of incredible celebration, of celebrating mm-hmm. his life, mm-hmm. and a, mm-hmm. and a joyous and um, victorious, and just a real sense of of um, of of joy in knowing his contribution, and obviously being part of that moment. And then, of course, to an incredibly incredible, incredible sadness, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, I remember when they when they took the coffin. Um, mm-hmm. Out in that it was mm. just death. It was like the world, you know. Mm. Almost that's it. How did you actually feel when, say, Ahmed Conthrada spoke? Um, and you know, you just sensed here were people who served time on Robben Island with him, but again, whose spirits knew no limits. You must have been just. It must have been the whole funeral for you. Must have been very emotive. I think if any funeral touched one's heart, surely it must have been that one. And you, as a pastor, are obviously involved with funeral. And with weddings all the time, but this one must have had a very deep significance for you. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that for me, it was it was moving because it. Well, one one of the things that really touched me was again we're reminded of the impact that one man one can man. have. One man, yes. It, it, it's 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 unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So the impact that he had so far and wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of the people that were the mourners uh, that were at the funeral. Mm-hmm. So no matter who it may be, just the impact was so worldwide and was so fair that mm-hmm. one man, and considering most. Most of his time was actually spent in prison, Incredible. but yet his impact mm-hmm. knew exactly what you said. His impact knew no bounds, mm. you know. Um, and so, but there was part of that. There was also part of a of a of a sense of of loss in 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 saying we wonder, you know, this the coming the end of an era. Mm. Is an incredibly sad thing. That is you know? true. That uh, is true. It, it's the, it was mm-hmm. the end of an era, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't know if we will in this life form, uh, in the, in the physical sense right. anyway, know 
anyone again. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and just the privilege of being uh, of having been part mm. um, of that moment and part mm. of the, irrespective of whether I was at the funeral, mm. or just to be part of that era. Mm. But mm. especially David, and that um, I mean, the context that I grew up in, mm. uh, where the words, where the name. And Nelson Mandela would would not be mentioned, right? You know, uh, right. In the context of and his uh, photograph in a would be seen. No, of course, of a part mm. and and growing mm. up in a in a middle class sort of white suburban mm-hmm. neighborhood, mm-hmm. Um, and to have seen the 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 what has happened in that time mm. of how to have, certainly from uh, from our, from that perspective to where it where it was at the moment around that for where people around the world and people in this country who. Who desperately mourned um, mm. his death? You know? mm. So going from certainly from a, a, a albeit mm. a small percentage of our community, mm. they would not allow to even have mentioned his name or spoken of him mm-hmm. or had a picture of him to see the love being poured out. Uh, in a way of, of mourning his loss was, mm-hmm. was incredible. And that it was evident the whole time, leading up to the funeral, through the funeral, after the funeral. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, you had dealings with the Mandela family uh, in Soweto. I remember your dear wife, Jackie, sharing uh, some of those moments. Are there any moments you'd like to share with our listeners with regard to uh, interactions you had with the Mandela family in Soweto itself? Yeah, I mean, one of them was pretty much a, a, a very sad moment uh, in 2010 uh, when the granddaughter was killed yes. uh, coming back from the yes. World Cup, you know, from mm-hmm. the soccer match. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember being um, uh, at the home and um, in Orlando and that, and uh, Seeing uh, Nelson Mandela come into the house and there to to mourn mm. um, the death, you know, of the child, and um, and he must have been moved beyond broken. measure. Yeah. And uh, one thing uh, I, I just I just remember about him walking into the room, and uh, and just how he filled the room just with his presence was just incredible. And of course, at that stage, in that he was really struggling to walk. Um, right. It was a struggle for him, mm-hmm. and uh, he walked into the room, and I I, I could never forget his smile, mm. and. Um, and he broke out into a very loud uh, mm. and um, mm. it was just it was just incredible mm. you know so that moment of you know and, and again and I said this at, 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 at the memorial service that we had for him at the at the Branson Methodist Church that um, one thing that I said I said you know a lot of people can say a lot of things about Nelson Mandela mm. but don't ever forget in that though, there was an immense sacrifice mm-hmm. that was paid you mm-hmm. know and not only by him but by his children mm-hmm. and, and by his grandchildren by the whole know? family I, mm-hmm. I mean it's just inc- I just mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think we have any understanding no, of the level of mm-hmm. pain and sacrifice mm-hmm. you know and 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 what had to, what was given up, what you know what he gave up and what his family gave mm-hmm. up I mean I, I I know what it's like and that I've just uh, spent the last couple of days in uh, in Dar es Salaam and just being away from my family for mm. four days mm. you know just takes its toll of course you know mm. so to spend that amount of time and to have your children uh, buried while you're in in prison, mm. um, and to have family members, and and then uh, and so the sacrifice that the brought the whole family paid. Mm. Um, I, I people, I, I don't say that they they don't they are people who do know, but I think the majority of people don't understand the sacrifice mm. that was made, mm. incredible sacrifice. Mm. So that moment of him um, coming into 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 the house and and just wanting to come and mourn. Was uh, and uh, but but yet even in death, um, how his presence was felt, mm. uh, because he had the most soothing presence. I think uh, mm-hmm. it was an incredible thing. Yeah. Of course, as you know, Gary, I've had the privilege of meeting him a few times together with my dear wa- uh, wife Liz, uh, who's listening in this afternoon, and. Uh, 
it's hard to describe to our listeners, but you've used the words, his presence filled the room. And I didn't know how more aptly to describe that, but it's just so true is that when he walked into a room, you certainly knew about it. There was a warmth, there was a caring, there was a listening ear, there was attention to children in the room first and foremost. That to me was extraordinary with no sense of distraction. I, I did incredibly well when I met him that and shook hands. Um, I just burst into tears. Hmm. I, uh, just, it was just so over, So moving. Yeah, it was yes. so overwhelming. That. But, uh, but, uh, so I, I guess part of that is that, uh, you know, an opportunity for me to have been at his funeral uh, in Kunu was, um, was just one of the greatest privileges. Mm. It was an incredible thing. It's awesome. And that I hold on to. So, we are going to listen to some Vivaldi, and we're going to be taking a short break. This is Professor David Block. You're looking up, uh, you are listening to Looking Up with David Block in awe and in wonder. Just to give you our contact details on the phone, reach us on 0861 on Twitter at cliffcentral.com, WeChat account is Cliff Central, Facebook Cliff Central, and Instagram at Cliff Central. Now sit back, close your eyes, experience the change of the seasons from spring with its vibrance to summer with its glory to winter with its snow in the northern hemisphere. And then sit back and imagine yourself experiencing seasons in your own life.
A very warm welcome again to all our listeners. You are listening to David Block, Professor David Block, and we are looking up today with a dear friend of mine, uh, someone who occupies a special place uh, in my Twitter feeds and in my heart, and that is Gary Revis, who uh, is the lead pastor at Grace Point, um, just down the road, in fact, from us here in uh, Ravonia. I'm sure that each one of you hearing my voice today dreams in some sense or another to become a leader. It could be perhaps being a housewife. It could be perhaps someone in Chicago or New York or Los Angeles or San Diego uh, listening to us today and saying, I want to be at the cutting edge of my dreams and as I've often said publicly God gives one the unique capability uh, not to live a small life but to live a big life I often think you know Gary of Paul in prison in jail and in a sense, people would say, my, but you're so confined. And yet he was able to transcend the human barriers keeping him in his cell. Uh, and to transcend and his spirit is yet felt today by means of what he left for us and wrote for us. Uh, tell us about your involvement in uh, mentoring young people of today to actually become leaders of tomorrow. Tell us, Gary, what does it take? So I think that um, I, I think first is the change from uh, the understanding that it's, uh, it's not about young people being leaders of tomorrow, but in fact being leaders of today. That's right. So right now, right here, right in here. this moment, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we need to prepare uh, leaders. And, and you know, just as you were saying, you know, um, firstly, to, for us to get across to to people in that and, and young people in that that everyone is a leader. Everyone mm, is a leader. Wonderful. You know, Absolutely. Uh, because no matter what, you know, I may speak at a, at a conference or, or something and be speaking about leaders and, um, and to, and to understand that, you know, and some people say, well, you know, I didn't come to the conference or I wasn't part of it. I don't understand leadership because I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a CEO of a company or on a board mm. or on the leadership of mm. an organization or a church or whatever it may be. And I'm saying, you know, uh, for example, mothers and fathers have the job of leading uh, families. In Absolutely. fact, in fact, the Bible speaks about it and says, uh, <laughs> one of the things about leadership is that if you can't lead your own family, you, you need to be careful about leading in the church, you know. So, so there in that moment in that, you know, as a mother or a father, uh, and I, and I, it drives me crazy because I'll have someone saying either, you know, I'm just a housewife or I'm just a house husband. And mm. that's all, you know, mm. that is one of the greatest and responsibilities. Just, yes. yeah, it's crazy. Mm. It's one of the greatest responsibilities mm. that we have is in, is in leading our families, mm-hmm. you know. So because I believe everyone is a leader, mm-hmm. um, that we need to start investing with, in people as soon as possible, you know, mm-hmm. in what it means. Mm-hmm. Be leadership mm-hmm. in what a, a good leader is, yes, um, and and understanding that because young people uh, nowadays and, and look here, I, I'm in my forties, so you can guess we're about mm. uh, in that mm. range of forties mm. that I am. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm past it in a sense that I'm in so many ways I'm clueless about about the absolute needs of young people. Mm-hmm. Um, so my role as a leader could be as a mentor and as a leader. I understand all of that, but we need to be training young people to lead to shop and their skills in leadership, so Absolutely. they can, so that Absolutely. they. So that they can be leading and training and mentoring 
people younger than them, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. So whether it be a person in matric or, or grade eight or nine, you know, leading someone in grade naught and grade one, because, because what's happening outside there is there, there are so many, so many incredible distractions out there, you know, and, and every, everyone follows. So many voices. Absolutely. Ev- so many exactly. Voices. Everyone follows someone. Mm-hmm. And so uh, mm-hmm. if we're not clear about leadership and, and the principles of leadership, because you'll know, David, the sooner we get in, into understanding and training young people, um, for the sake of our country, for the sake of our community, it wasn't yes. me who said it that said everything rises and falls on leadership. Yes. And that's, that is the bottom line. Yes. And you know, young people today, uh, it's, it's very different for, for us and that I see it in my mm-hmm. kids in Rebecca mm-hmm. and Daniel, mm-hmm. um, how different mm-hmm. the world is to them. Technology, um, everything. I mean, I just, uh, yes. my, uh, I didn't realize uh, a producer goes and tells us there's like two million people listening. I said a, a friend of mine from, <laughs> uh, from San Diego uh, vessel and my sister-in-law from Atlanta, Leslie, you know, face <laughs> Facebooking and tweeting saying we're listening and it's just a crazy world out there. It is. It is but but the yes. most, most, I don't think we're living in a more exciting time than we are now when mm. it comes to training leaders and understanding, um, how it is that we can lead. And, uh, I, let me tell you, uh, to be honest with you in that I love leading a lot of our, our staff at Grace Point and that are, are young leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there's not a better place. They keep you energized. They keep you sharp. Mm. Um, it's, it's probably the most exciting place to be, to be able to be in a place to train, uh, just leaders generally, but certainly Certainly, young leaders in that, and it's so critical, um, you know, David, that we that we start because, of course, the the greatest um, the greatest form of leadership um, is self leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, if you and can't lead yourself, you exactly won't. right, mm-hmm. exactly right. So the whole issue of self leadership mm-hmm. is important, which which is around self discipline. Around, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was crazy. I mean. The access that that people have and that kids have, mm. and people and young people have to technology, mm. to mm. Well, in fact, and of course, then to anything, whether mm. it be pornography mm. or mm. whatever it may be, mm. uh, around stuff and that you know. And mm. if if there's not a, if we don't start with a strong sense of self leadership. Mm. Mm. You know, which means self-discipline, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Uh, you know, we're going to continue to face a breakdown of our community mm. uh, and of our, of our society. It's very interesting, you know, Gary, that on Robben Island, they say Nelson Mandela was so rigorous with regard to self-discipline, insisting on, you know, making up his bed, which was just really a blanket and a pillow, but he made it up himself. He got up every day, apparently, at the same time. It infused, a leader infused with a sense of self-discipline. I know how special it is when, for example, Tevia, our one twin, uh, came to me yesterday and said, Dad, would you like a cup of tea? Now, of course, once Dad's in his, in his study, I almost said studio, once Dad's in his study, uh, that's where I dream, and yet he knocked on the door and said, Dad, would you like a cup of tea? And then Nathaniel would come to me, the other twin, and say, Dad, how do you actually get your photos from space? And it just takes me into a different arena, an arena where you do realize that our wonderful jewels of tomorrow are, in fact, our jewels of today. Absolutely. You know, Gary, every time I look up at the Milky Way, stars don't compete for space. Let me say it again. Wow. Stars don't compete for space. Let me say it this way. Whenever I look up at the Milky Way galaxy, there's enough space for every star to be a star. It's not that some are stars and some are not stars. 
every single star that we see in the Milky Way is indeed a star. And I think that's what you're saying, is it not, Gary? And if, and I'm assuming that every star is different to the next star. That is correct. So there's no two, there's no two stars. Which are identical. It would be identical, you Mm -hmm. know. And so part of understanding that when we, you know, with leadership with young kids, with, with young people is uh, for them to understand their, their individuality, Mm -hmm. um, and how that, that of course must parallel with their place in community. Uh, but certainly in them for, for them to understand that they're okay as they are. Right. There's no need to conform to other Mm -hmm. things or other people, other pools and that, but they're, they're okay as they are. They're individual. Mm -hmm. God made them and created Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Uh, in, in a beautiful and wonderful way and uh, and to understand that and, and part of the self-leadership thing is exactly that saying I don't have to you know I, I, I live by this thing I, I live by the fact that um, that every um, that that only God should be allowed to determine your worth mm, no and that's else. so true yeah. his voice is the voice we exactly. should heed not the voice of man exactly so only only god should determine our value in that mm-hmm. so in understanding that individuality of who i am as a mm. star mm. and i've got my place to shine and all mm. the rest of it, I, that's I, I, beautiful i think it's important that that um, that people are shaped on that because there are so many things so many voices as you said david um vying for our for our mm. attention that, it's incredible yeah. but this issue around self uh, around uh, self-leadership i mean you about uh, Nelson Mandela making yes. his bed and stuff yes. like that, you know. Yes. Um, you know, I think we have to continuously ask ourselves, and that as, as parents, and that you know, you know, are, are the things that we're doing and saying for our, you know, and things that uh, you know, in the way we are bringing up our children, uh, is it is it leading them in the direction of self leadership, mm. or is it, mm. um, or, or are we leading them to a place um, of, of dependability, of you know, even laziness, of mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and this issue around um, mm-hmm. around self leadership is so critical, and and I think that uh, that parents or older the older generation or you know sort of my generation have a responsibility. Uh, to the next generation, mm. the generation after, to be, to to obviously to lead by example, which is which is mm-hmm. absolutely critical, mm-hmm. but in in somehow to ensure that we are, are are shaping and molding our kids and the generation that comes after us to to ensure that they are, they understand the essence of of self leadership. You know? Now, of course, you have a huge number of dealings, Gary, with young people. What do you believe uh, is at the core of you know such addiction to say pornography or to drugs and you know that which devours and destroys. Do you believe that people are simply heeding the voice of the herd? That, for example, I am no good. I will never achieve. I am not anyone special. Certainly, I'm not a star born to shine. Do you believe it's thoughts like that, Gary, which intimidate people that they actually put themselves in a box? Yeah, I think that's part of it, David. I, my my sense is that people uh, people are stuck by what is happening around us. You know, as we used to say, keeping up with the Joneses. You know, and thinking that the more we have, and the more we we buy, and the more we purchase, and the more resources we've got, gives us some form of value, mm-hmm. which is so untrue. You yes, know? I, I've said this uh, many times. I've, mm-hmm. I've done I've done uh, plenty of tra- I've d- done plenty of funerals, and, and yes. not, not not one hearse has had a trailer fenter, uh, <laughs> fenter trailer, you know, hugging on behind it and you know, taking stuff. <laughs> 
that's that context, right. I've that often thought of that myself. So um, there's this essence, of, uh, the essence of of looking of 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 the pool of people around us and that, and keeping up with. Uh, I mean, just and and it's simple things from cell phones to whatever. Just but just keeping up, you mm. know, and saying, well, you know, if your cell phone's older than a couple of, but but that's all one thing, you know. There is mm-hmm. the, there is the pool, mm-hmm. but again, it goes mm-hmm. back to saying to making sure that our children and young people uh, understand their identity and who they are mm. as people, and obviously mm. from my from my perspective, who they are in God. That's mm. the one thing. Mm. The other thing when it comes to the addiction thing, in my understanding, is mm. that is that is that I really do believe that people are born with levels um, of of addiction. Mm. Um, and, and in fact, you know, so we were, for example, we have a, a, a recovery course, addiction recovery course at our mm-hmm. church that we hold, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and I'll never forget the one guy stood up and said, you know, a whole lot of people, you know, will be here for, um, you know, sexual addiction or drug addiction or alcohol addiction, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he went on the course and that, and, and he said, you know, my addiction is none of those things. He says, but I have a shopping addiction. You know? <laughs> and he said, my finances are in a complete mess mm. because, uh, you know, I buy things with money that I don't have. You know, mm. and I can't afford the things, you know. And so every one of us, and if you think about it, every single one of us has a level of addiction. We're all addicted to mm-hmm. something, you know. Now, sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that some people have a have a part of addiction in them, you know, mm-hmm. that that, um, that that on a greater level than others. So you're saying there are various levels. I believe that without it, but mm-hmm. I think everyone is addicted to something. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and some people, I think, will have the different levels of addic- of addiction, and in, in some cases, that unfortunately leads to um, addiction to to drugs and mm-hmm. uh, you know pornography or whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the access in there. I remember I was in grade. Um, uh, grade seven. I keep on forgetting what he's done at five. And that when I when I when I saw um, mm. the, when I saw my first uh, porno book, mm. uh, it was at school, and um, uh, a friend of ours is, uh, is, uh, comes came from Portugal, uh, Madeira. Actually, the island, and uh, went mm. home for the mm. holidays, and came back with a book. Mm. And though, of course, those are the mm. days where uh, all the magazines were covered, and there were stars mm. in in mm. the right places, and all the rest, mm. of it, and you weren't you couldn't get access to mm. it in South Africa at the time. Mm. And um, and I remember all the boys standing around this book, uh, you know, sort of thirty of us trying to get a, a look at what was going on inside this this book. Um, but the access to to pornography mm. now and other mm. stuff is so mm. easy. You know, mm. it's so simple. Uh, just mm. a short while ago in our house, and that we would say to our kids, you know, you, got, you can't have a, com- you know, the computer in your room, and uh, you know, it had to be in a place where people had access mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to it. In the screen, you needed mm-hmm. to be to- faced away from the face away from the wall, whatever the case may be. Uh, in such a short period of time, though, mm-hmm. now um, with uh, smartphones and all the rest of it, you know, you can be anywhere you want and have access to, uh, to pornography and that. You know, Absolutely. so which goes back again to the issue of self leadership. Mm. You know, saying you know, and dealing with stuff around addiction and my addictions and your addictions and mm. anyone else's addiction mm. is really about how we lead ourselves mm. it's critical mm. now tell me gary uh you of course re- have just returned flown back from dar es salaam i understand and i'd love to know what were you, what was gary Rivas doing in dar es salaam well um you know i just think that's uh, south africa south africa has a critical role to play in africa uh, and Af- that's lovely. And, and vice lovely. versa. And, and, and more and more, pe- I mean, businesses, obviously, you know, are, are spreading out into Africa. And there's mm-hmm. a real sense. Um, they are indeed some of the largest corporate giants. Well, and it's a wonderful continent. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is a beautiful mm-hmm. continent to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent some time a week before that. I was in, in, in Gabroni and Botswana doing some stuff with church leaders, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> being part of something called the Global Leadership 
summit as well as the alpha course uh, training and, and preaching mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and just spending time with uh, with community uh, in uh, in, the, in this last weekend's case in Dar es Salaam and uh, it was it was in, it was an incredible opportunity. I've been to Dar a couple of times. Love this city. It's, a, mm. it's an amazing city. Mm. Amazing people. Mm. And uh, I'm just so privileged to be able mm. to be part of uh, networking with churches mm. in Dar es Salaam mm. uh, and organisations, and also to be involved in in um, developing a development of, of leaders. Mm. You know, mm. there is such a cry in Africa mm. and across the world for that mm. matter. But I'm more interested in Africa, mm. obviously in South Africa. There's such a cry out for 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 strong leadership. Mm. I mean, it's just desperate. Absolutely, I mean, it's so desperate. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and the more you, you the more you read and the more you listen mm. and you, the more you listen to the to the just the average person on the streets and that, you know, there is a genuine, genuine cry mm. for strong leadership uh, in our communities, in our countries. And uh, part of my role, and it's, a, it's, you know, in the global scheme, it's an insignificant role. But I just, I just want to, David, I just have this real desire to, um, to just make a difference you know, mm. where I can, you know. Mm. And I think that uh, we can learn so much from Africa. Africa can teach the world mm. so much. Mm. There is such in- incredible giftedness and resources in Africa. Mm. Mm. And uh, it's a beautiful continent and mm. I, uh, just a privilege to be able to do some work in Africa. And I'm, I appreciate the fact that, uh, mm. that my church uh, releases me to go and do some mm. of the work in, that, um, in Africa. I think you've touched on some key points, Gary. And of course, Thinking of my childhood, uh, I remember the year 1969 uh, very vividly. I don't think Gareth was born, was he, Duncan? 1969. Duncan, our uh, audio engineer, Were says you Duncan, born, Duncan was not born. Uh, Gareth was not born. Uh, yet in 1969 and Duncan were you born in 69 he was also not born in 69 so I remember being in Krugersdorp and uh, there was of course a lot of buzz that uh, man was about to set foot on another world the moon wow. and um, you know Gary it was so incredible because all that David Block had at the time was uh, access to one of these handheld radios. Those were the days we used to listen to Lorenzo Mark's radio and John Burks and so forth. Long John Burks. Long John Burks. And so, you know, we let, you know, I followed the entire moon landing just by means of a simple handheld radio. Those were the days of no television. And now we're sitting in studio uh, due to the marvel of technology and the incredible foresight of Gareth Cliff uh, by means of this global digital streaming where people around the world can follow any event at any single time, can tweet us, can follow us. It really um, enlarges our little village. But I always like to think of it, Gary, that I'm still in a village. In other words, I know people in, in this locale, A, B, C, D, and E. Sure. And it's incredible, is it not? Have you often pondered about this? That's the most magnificent thing. I mean, it really is. I mean, we do, we have um, live streaming in that of our services on Sundays. Oh, yes. Know? Are they all streamed yeah. out live? And Would you so like to it, give your Facebook page or web page? Yeah, it's uh, gracepoint.co.za. Grace okay. Um, and it's amazing because so we have uh, people in that. Look, I say to people, uh, if you are, a, if you are out the country, uh, whatever the case may be, first price, find a local church, get involved in a local community. Yes. Hang, you know, yes. I mean, I know this, I don't want to sound disrespectful but hey man don't hanker after South Africa I mean mm-hmm. you, you know mm-hmm. wherever you are get involved in, I mm-hmm. mean it drives me when I, I know people outside of the country and they you know they just 
you know, they need to just get involved in local communities mm-hmm. where they are, mm-hmm. get part of the life. Mm-hmm. And so if they, tra- so if it's someone from Grace Point who's traveling mm-hmm. and they were part of a series, whatever the case may be, then by no, you know, by all means catch up and all the rest of it, you know. Uh, but otherwise find a, get involved locally, you know, mm-hmm. wherever you are. But, um, so we get, uh, notes in that from all over the world saying, you know, I was, yeah, I was in Russia, I was, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the States. In, in, and in following UK. your podcast or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so live streaming. So you get to see it. So sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm away, uh, of a weekend that I get to I get to uh, watch the services happening mm. in our church and that from wherever I am. It I'm, is incredible no, it's, technology. It's, it's beyond, and it can be mm-hmm. used for such good. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think a majority of technology is used for incredible, incredible good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think we have to celebrate that. Not mm-hmm. all not all technology, not all advancement is evil or ugly or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. I mean, you were talking about Galileo early on over our lunch, mm-hmm. right, you know. Mm-hmm. Just you know, we've got to embrace it and Absolutely. use it in the most wonderful way. And then I think a lot about life, uh, just generally mm-hmm. a lot about life, a lot mm-hmm. about Africa, a lot mm-hmm. about humanity. Uh, majority of it is actually really, mm. really, really good. Mm. You know, unfortunately, mm. you know, we give uh, we give ear and the voices that we listen to are the negative voices all the time. Absolutely. You know, Gary, this has been an area of much concern, and you can read about it on my um, webpage, www.davidblock.co.za, www.davidblock.co.za, where I speak about the power of voices, and it just strikes me that the tiniest voice, of negativity can detonate our balloon of enthusiasm. Absolutely. You know, Neil Armstrong was so enthusiastic about going to the moon. He was so determined to be the first human being to place his foot on lunar terrain and to say that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. You've got that sense of focus, determinism, goal setting. It's just, in a sense, it's become so diluted in a sense, because we listen to the wrong voice. Absolutely. But, but you know, the thing is, David, it is a choice. You know, we have a choice who we want to listen to. We have a choice who we true. want to hang around with, you know. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, you'll know right now that, you know, you, I, I say this to, to my community. I say to them, you know, uh, you get invited to, to a bri. Uh, and depending who the people are, you know for a fact, either you're going to walk away, they're going, oh my word, you know, it's just like, it's not even worth living in this country or living mm-hmm. in another day because you just, this negative, you know, the, the spiral of negativity is just too much, you know. So you have a choice who you want to hang around with, you have a choice about, you know, the power of choice is a big thing, David. You Absolutely. Know? And yeah. so you can choose who you want to hang around with, you want to choose what voice you want to listen to as you speak mm-hmm. about and that, you know. But let me tell you the key, the, the key to all of that for, I, I, people go like, so there's joy that we speak about, you know, and joy is not a, it's not happy. not a happiness, you know, no. but, but the it's an internal correct. joy. But, and can I tell you what? The essence of joy is exactly around that is around gratitude. I, I can tell you now, if you want to know a person who's got this inner mm. joy or happiness mm. thing from within inside that mm. actually no matter what is happening around them, there's still a sense of hope and, and peace in that, the sense of joy in that. I, I, a lot of it is around, is around gratitude. Mm. So, so if, if you think about a person who's incredibly negative, or, or a person who's just a big time moaner. Mm-hmm. I can tell you now, if you just do a bit of an investigation unpacking, they're ungrateful for what they have. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, it's almost a, mm-hmm. I mean, I put my head on the block for it and that. You know, you just unpack the thing a bit, ungrateful for what they have. So, mm-hmm. you know, and so part of the moaning and part of the negativity is going like, you know, uh, I wish I had more, or I wish I could do this or whatever. And so instead of sitting back and going, 
what do I have? I actually have quite a lot. You know, a lot to be grateful for. To God be grateful. Absolutely. This, gra- this gratitude thing is a big thing. Uh, and I say to people that if you, if you're feeling depressed or negative or mm. whatever the case may be, I mean, just take a moment and it sounds like so, I don't know what, but you know, sort of pie in the sky type of stuff in there. But I'm telling you now, David, it's around this issue of gratitude about being grateful for what we have. Mm. You know, um, we have, we have a bit of a laugh on that, mm. um, in our community that I speak about, um, I speak about the fact that it could always be worse. You know, mm. uh, and I, and just to keep this uh, as a reminder for people, you know, and, and I, I, I give people a, I give people a test, a homework, and I say to them, um, you know, I want you to, after, after the community, you go outside, you know, stand next to your car. Uh, and look at your car and say it could be worse. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, there are people. And it I'd, could be. It could be worse. I drive past people every day having, having to stand in long queues and that waiting f- uh, for transport and in the rain, in the sun, or whatever the case may be. And, and so instead of, you know, being, uh, you know, whining about the car that you drive, whatever, just think it, it could be worse. And, could and do be that. Worse. You know, I, t- mm-hmm. I tell people, you know, go home. I said to them, go home and stand in your garden, you know, um, and, and look at your house or your apartment or whatever and look at them really sad a lot. Listen, mm-hmm. it could be worse. It could be worse. There are people tonight who are going to be sleeping uh, under a bridge somewhere, mm, you know. Mm, just mm. be grateful for what you have, mm. you know. So I tell people just continuously go around, look at stuff that you've mm. got, and say it could be worse. And then, of course, I, I say to the men in our community, I say, tomorrow morning when you wake up, I want you to turn around, look at your wife, and say, hey, man, it could be worse. <laughs> That's lovely. Don't do that. Whatever but you know, you do, Gary. Whatever uh, you do, don't do that. <laughs> you know, it reminds me uh, of an incredible story and this story really touched the very and touches to today the very core of my being and that is that can you imagine listeners suffering from leprosy can you imagine that this is not simply something material that you are suffering from but uh, you walk and possibly your thumb falls off and you walk some more, and possibly some flesh falls off, and a toe might fall off. And then, but even more important than the disease, is the ostracization. You are ostracized by being a leper. You were an absolute outcast of society. You were someone no one wanted to associate with in any means or form. Ostracization in the grandest of scale, ostracized, touch me not, stay away. The lepers um, had to scream out, uh, you know, unclean, unclean, do not touch me. Not only loneliness at its greatest, but to be ostracized, to be so humiliated uh, about that which you have absolutely no control, your health, to be so humiliated, and then the final, uh, to be so outcast, to be so cast out of society. And you know, Gary, you've been touching so beautifully on gratitude. And you know, I would have thought that of the ten lepers who were healed by Jesus, all ten would have come back and said, Wow, we are healed. We can, we whole now and so forth. And the interesting thing is, and I was saying this to a principal of a high school, uh, which will remain nameless, but here in Johannesburg. And I said to her, you know, it's very interesting that uh, of all the ten lepers, only one was filled with gratitude. The other nine forgot. Only one came to say thanks. And I don't think times have changed too much therein. What are your thoughts with that, Gary? 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, and and of course we have um, we we have uh, modern day le- uh, leprosy. I mean, obviously leprosy is still leprosy is still around in that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you take um, you know other ways in that in which we we shun people. You know, because um, uh, but I think to myself that you know, although I speak about this gratitude thing, I, you know, I take my salary for granted. I often take my kids for granted. The the worst thing that can happen in marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're so many. We're, we're you so should many. take your spouse yeah. for granted. I mean, I you know I can tell you now, people don't uh, people uh, in, in relationship. That we, you know, one of the greatest killers of relationships and marriages is we take our our spouses for granted, mm-hmm. you know, our children for granted. Mm-hmm. That so we do that, you know. But mm-hmm. there are many ways in which we shun people in that, you know. I mean, just think about uh, certainly a phenomena in Johannesburg is we have so many people uh, standing at the street lights and that, um, mm-hmm. and that you know asking for money and stuff like that. And I watch people. I, I ride a motorbike, so I get to see everything that's happening um, I'll watch people in that you know and people will people will pull up at a, at a robot at a traffic light and mm-hmm. um, and they will they, they won't even look at the person asking for money because really it's, you know they're a hindrance mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so now you can imagine now so already you have no there is no dignity mm-hmm. you know you have uh, you have no money you begging yes. for food you're standing yes. in the sun all day yes. in the rain whatever the case would be yes. on top of it then a person pulls up at the robot in a car comfortable God, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so not only do you not have dignity, but then they will not even afford the dignity of your identity, of mm-hmm. your presence. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. not even not even not even giving money, just the dignity of looking at the person in the eyes and acknowledging their existence. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we realize, and I don't want to sound pious, but what a big difference that makes, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. people. But what we do is that we we will we won't look. You know, we 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 think that if we don't look, they'll go away, you mm-hmm. know. Um and, and just just think about that person standing there. Just mm. offer dignity. We shun people today, even you know, and there are different forms of leprosy, you know. Mm. Mm. So you are listening to Professor David Block and I have the great joy and privilege uh of interviewing uh a dear friend of mine. Uh and I know this friendship will deepen more and more as the waves of the ocean do. And that is to interview Gary Rivers. I've been very privileged to speak at his church uh, at Grace Point. I've always felt extremely welcome there. And you might say to me, how could a scientist and a professor of applied mathematics feel comfortable at Grace Point? Well, let me tell you how there's sincerity. I value sincerity above so much else. These are sincere people. I value them when they greet me as I arrive in my vehicle. They look me in the eye, as Gary has said, and they acknowledge my presence. And then there's an incredible degree of warmth and of interaction and of care. And what more does one really want when you arrive for a talk than to be greeted, to be acknowledged, but not only to be acknowledged, but to be very warmly acknowledged. You see, this is part of David Block. This is what the longings of David Block is that I love to meet with people who are leaders of today and of tomorrow, but who are filled with a sense of awe, a sense of wonder, and a sense of caring. There's also something very important which I'd like to share with you, and that is Gary and I just had lunch. He treated me very graciously, so Gary, to lunch just prior to uh, this digital streaming globally, and we were discussing 
Galileo Galilei. And that, to me, in a sense, is where the whole rift between science, Gary, and uh, and uh, scripture actually really started headlong, yeah. is that... Um, you know, here was Galileo saying, I observe moons going around the planet Jupiter, and yet there wasn't that warmth, that sincerity, that embracing of that which he saw. I believe it's so important for us to embrace each other's disciplines. Your concluding thoughts in the last minute, please, Gary. Thanks, David. Uh, someone said to me that uh, authenticity trumps coolness. And being cool. And I think people want, want you, want to see your, you, that you're authentic long before you are, or you think you're someone else. Mm-hmm. Just be true to who you, who you are. And I think that's a, a value that needs to be held in the church. Uh, and certainly if, uh, if people are going to, whether it be whatever leadership, political, organizational leadership, uh, be authentic, you know, be yourself in that because it, uh, it trumps cool every time. Mm-hmm. I see some of the guys, uh, in their late forties, fifties, uh, wearing skinny jeans and, you know, wanting to really look cool. Uh, just be authentic, man. Just be, just yes. be true to who you are. I think trumps that, being cool any day. That's part of our humanity is to be cool, not to wear a mask. To be authentic and to be ourselves. Gary, it's been Thank a you. great joy having you in studio here Thanks, in Ravonia with us. It's been a blessed time. I say again, a blessed time. Until, or, until next week, to all our listeners, may God richly bless you. Mm. May his countenance shine upon you and give you much peace. Until next Tuesday, this is Professor David Block signing out from Cliff Central.